welcome to episode 63 of Reviews from the Crawl Space. I'm Douglas. And I'm Vicki. Uh, what do you have for us this week? This week we have ACDC, Let There Be Rock, uh, two albums by the Beatles, one called Rubber Soul, and the other Abbey Road. Hmm. Alright, so albums nobody's heard of before, so this, this should be a different one. <laughs> yeah. Some rarities. Okay. Alright, album number one, ACDC, Let There Be Rock. ACDC are an Australian rock band formed in 1973 by Scottish-born brothers Malcolm and Angus Young. Let There Be Rock is their fourth studio album, released in 1977. They were doing well in Europe, but their American record company, Atlantic Records, was about to drop the band from their contract over poor reception of their previous album, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap. Mm. Things got bad, the band was pissed off, and they decided to show Atlantic Records that they were wrong. Mm -hmm. um, Let There Be Rock was released by Warner Atco Records to generally positive reception. The album spare, or spawned three singles, Dog Eat Dog, Let There Be Rock, and Whole Lotta Rosie. The album went to 154 on the Billboard 200. It went to number 17 in the UK. And um, it's been certified two times platinum in the U.S., which means two million records. Two million, yeah. And gold in the U.K., which is 100,000. Which, I mean, B, I mean, A, they didn't really prove to um, Atlantic Records that they were wrong, because it really didn't do this that well either. Sure did. And, um, yeah. It was a hit that they needed to stick it up Atlantic's ass. Well, yeah, they ended up, uh, they're still making records, so. Well, of course, yeah. But in this variation, it, 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 this, uh, that album turned it around for them. Um, <clears throat> if it wasn't for that, like, there would be probably nothing else after. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, continue on. Sorry. Uh, producers were Han Harry Vanda and George Young. I don't think George was any relation to the, the two brothers that started the band. Mm. Um, they're a duo, I guess, of Australian producers and songwriters, with 153 producing credits, especially known for their production work with ACDC. Mm -hmm. I didn't really recognize much of the other stuff that they... Probably just like super Australian... Yeah, yeah, probably. Bands I've never heard of. Yeah. Track listing, uh, side one, Go Down, Dog Eat Dog, Let There Be Rock, Bad Boy Boogie. Side two, Problem Child, Overdose, Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be, and a Whole lot of Rosie. The playtime on this album is 41 minutes and one second. Uh, for context, the before album for this was Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap in 1976, and the after album was Powerage, 1978. Yeah, which is weird, because I was looking at that one. I didn't recognize any songs off that one that I enjoyed at all. Um, <laughs> off, off the next one, not, not, not talking this one, so... So uh, this is definitely the better album, and it seemed to be a bit of a dip, and then they had a really good album, and then their lead singer died. That's right. I forgot about that. Bon Scott, we had a big discussion about it, too, while we were mm -hmm. doing our uh, research. Uh, yeah, Bon Scott, he died at the age of 33 from acute alcohol poisoning. Too much booze. Yeah. About 33. He wasn't wasn't a spring chicken, necessarily, either. No, but he wasn't the part of the 27 Club. He wasn't part of the 27 either. Club, but like I said, that's what I mean, though. I mean... <laughs> you might as well have just started clean living at that point. 
You're not going to aim for that 27 club. Well, and it's funny because I, I, I read something in my travels there that talked about how he got the job is that they had just fired their lead singer mm-hmm. because they just didn't see eye to eye. And uh, Bon Scott went to visit or went to see them in concert and they were playing a entirely um, no vocals. Acoustic. They were just yeah, or not acoustic, not acoustic but instrumental. Instrumental set. And Bon Scott knew all the songs and stuff, so somebody kept prompting him to go up on stage and finally he did. And then they hired him as their lead singer. Hmm. Which wow, I wonder I wonder how bad the last guy was or the first guy was. Yeah, I can't I, I can't to... remember why they fired the guy. And it was really before they had done much. Oh, yeah. It would, yeah. So, yeah. He was Gandhi, and then that's how Bon Scott got his job. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of that movie I like. With Mark Wahlberg. Uh, they're all like that, though. Okay. Uh, what do you got? What do you, uh, what's your take on it? Oh, I don't like ACDC, really, in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Never have. Probably never will. For me, they're, uh, their songs are too long. They're too repetitious, they're too screechy, and I just am not a fan of ACDC. Hmm. Yeah. Although I have to say, Horala Rosie is a good song. Definitely. Any any band who wants to create a song about banging big girl, appreciation for big girls, is A-OK in my books. That's what that song is about, so. Um... Yeah, for me, it's it's ACDC is one of those bands where I I like their I like their hits. I like their there's three you know three there's two on here that I like quite a bit. Um, I, I can appreciate because I, I definitely grew up around some of this. I mean, obviously, I probably I've dropped the needle on this just because of a whole lot of Rosie. Uh, but um, yeah, to me, it's more like one of those instances where I'd rather have just a collection on Spotify of just their hits a couple of songs off of the albums and and then that's that because the whole album experience outside of their once again their hits or singles i just there's nothing it's it's all like you said it's super repetitious and that's not necessarily a bad thing but because it's, well, it's so it's just it's really basic straightforward guitar rock yeah and it's super it's super there's no fucking the mix is terrible on this album it's super pissy too because it Usually, when they get that repetitiveness, is that they've just got some guitar going squeak, squeak, squeak in the background, and the lead singer screeching the lyrics over and over and over. Yeah. To the point where I'm like, okay, enough already. Straightforward rock band there to melt your face off. The issue comes down to, like I just said, the issue comes down to the mix of the album. The mix of the album is fucking terrible. It doesn't matter if it's on vinyl or on Spotify, it sounds like shit. Yeah, there's no low end. There's like, no mid or low end. It's all, like you said, it's all high end. It's all, all you can hear is cymbals and guitar. And it, yeah. it sucks because if there was some bass and or drums driving it, it would definitely be a, a lot better. It'd probably take it up, an, up quite a, like a notch or two. Yeah. Um, but in terms of guitar rock and, and, you know, guitar gods and all that shit, that, yeah, I definitely have appreciation for ACDC and, and this album. Because like I said, there's a couple of songs that I like off of it and I listen to it. So, uh, I get what you're saying, though, and those things would be true. And I think that if they f- could fucking fix the mix, it would you'd probably be able to listen to it a bit better. I have no problem with repetition stuff. We listen to Doom and Sludge Metal, which is just fucking pure repetition for like 11 minutes, 12 minutes. So, I don't, I don't mind that so Yeah, much. but sometimes there's no vocals with that. If it's just repetitive music, that's mm-hmm. one thing. But 
to have the vocals, I mean, stop the song 30 seconds sooner and, and don't repeat those lyrics over and over. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I, I like it for but me. That's, that's ACDC has got to be, it's, it's a must when it comes to, and if you're to learn guitar too, I mean, some of this would be great to learn because it's not overly complicated parts and it's repetitious. So yeah. really once you got it down, and it's not like they try a whole bunch of different chords either. So once you've got the gist of it down, you could probably play this stuff fairly quickly. Um, so I don't, I don't mind that, but yeah, it's just, and for me, when I think of the ACDC stuff, I, there's not one specific album, maybe other than Who Made Who, which I listened to the fuck out of, um, which ended up being mostly the soundtrack for uh, that Stephen King movie that's awful that I watch all the time. About the trucks. They're taken over by the aliens, and they, the trucks are killing, and the machinery's killing everybody. Oh, come on. Oh, my God, my brain. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's me, I guess. Yeah. Um, Art Direction by Bob Defrin, which we just... Of the show, uh, logo and typeset by Gerard Huerta, and photo by Keith Morris, which also has been on the show. So Bob, recently on the show with Foreigner, Foreigner is Foreigner, uh, art director and head of art for Atlantic Records, 870 credits to his name, Motley Crue, Grandmaster Flash, ELP, blah, blah, blah. Lots of stuff with this guy. He'll be on the show again. I We just, just had him, so that's why I'm not repeating everything with him. Uh, Gerard was an American or an American a typographer and graphic designer. Uh, while working at CBS Records, he created artwork and logos for bands like ACDC, uh, Blue Oyster Cult, uh, Willie Nelson, and Bay City Rollers. This logo, this ACDC logo that we know now, like that one, he created that. That he created oh, okay. that font and the look, the color. So they had they had uh, typeset, and that was not just typeset. What was the other word I was using? They have like specific guys to come up with them because it's not the first time. Fonts. Fa well, not just fonts, but there's a typeface. Mm, yeah. So, same thing. We'll come across that in Rubber Soul, where it was created specifically for the album, the band. So, and uh, Keith, English rock photographer, who's been on the show before with Super Tramp, Zeppelin IV, uh, has worked with Thin Lizzy and Trex. Trex is also T Rex for those who don't know. Um. Oh shit! I didn't do my actual vinyl part, did I? Oh no, I don't think. Oh, you did, hilarious! Actually. Okay. Well, I guess I got to start at the top. I just kind of jumped into it because I want to talk about the album cover. Because I actually, this is one of those iconic album covers. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, Leather B Rock, ACDC, Atco Records, Catalog SD three six dash one five one, Canada. This is a reissue, and I don't know the year it's been reissued. So uh, the cover is in very good condition. Sleeve is plain paper. Who gives a shit? The vinyl's poorish. Um, just it's used and yeah, it's just used and beat up and scratched. The audio, uh, both of us have talked about this, is pretty horrific. Actually, um, it's well worn. It's well worn, which doesn't help at all. But it's just all. Just go to your radio, like on like an AM radio station. Turn up the treble and turn down all the bass. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> It's fucking terrible. I actually broke down. It's very off-putting. And I, I, I like some of these songs, and I found it off-putting. Um, so, yeah. So, this is the, there's two versions of this cover. Uh, there's an international version, which is the one we have. And, of course, the non-international version. I don't know what the non-international or the original UK-Australian cover looked like. But, apparently, it was it definitely different. It was your 
it was your color combinations, black, white, red. It was somebody with, finger, like, all I know is that I was reading through the things and somebody had chubby fingers and the, and the band was, didn't like it. Yeah, it was uh, just a strap. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And it was up close and probably fingers. I really didn't look it wasn't close. No, yeah, it wasn't one of the band's fingers. Whoever, or whatever guy they got to do it, one of the band complained, one of the band members complained that his fingers were too too fat yeah. to be to be his. So. I think they showed it on Discogs. Uh, it's okay. This being the, inter- we have the international version, this is what we're going to focus on. Okay. Um, so this, so oh, there we go. This version, the international version, international version was released on uh, July 25th of 1977. And this album was the first time the ACDC logo actually appeared. Oh, isn't that interesting? Because um, <clears throat> this is not their first album. No, it's not. But this is the first time that logo, yeah, yeah that real full. So um, the photo used in the cover, which I have in brackets, is amazing because it's just like it's such an it's a great fucking photo. It's such a great rock cover, and it's a simple photo. Really, what it is, is just, it was a photo taken at a concert in March of 77 um, at Kursal uh, Ballroom. Oh, and there's Bon Scott. Yeah. I was wondering what he looked like. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, it was at a show, and they snapped it, and that became the, the cover. And it's amazing how fast they get these albums out. I think this album was recorded in two weeks. That was pretty good. And, uh, and the cover was done... Because it was just snapped out of show, so he just kind of did some changes. That he put some clouds in the background there, and that was. And I love how he's got the uh, ACDC. Oh, it looks like it's raised off. The it computer. looks, it does look like, but it's not. It's it's smooth. It's yeah. not. It's smooth, huh? <laughs> so, well, yeah. good job then. He made me think it was raised raised <laughs> lettering. Uh, so a couple other things, real quick, <clears throat> before I wrap it up here. Uh, Problem Child was brought over from Dirty Deeds, and it was shortened. They lopped a bunch off of it. Problem Child was also on the North American version only. So anywhere else in the world, it was a different song and not Problem Child. Um, the audio quality... Oh, sorry, I just repeated myself. The audio quality was fucking terrible. And uh, what else you got? Just the Discog stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have seven for sale from $20. Yeah. 779 people have it. 177 want it. <laughs> it gets 4.2 out of 5 with 72 votes. Uh, resale value eleven dollars and seventy four cents, eighteen dollars and twenty eight dollars and nine cents for mint condition. Okay, so what are you giving it? Two point five. Hmm. I have four written down, and I'm debating between three and a half and four because two, for two reasons. I'm thinking about dropping it. One is just like this. this overall, it's just the sound quality of the actual album uh, is pretty bad, and the other thing. <clears throat> Is that I do enjoy a couple of songs on here, but the songs that are other songs that are on here that aren't those songs, kind of fucking hate. <clears throat> so three three point five, I think. I only gave it two point five because of a whole lot of Rosie. Yeah, fuck, that's a great song. So there, ACDC down. ACDC down. Okay, next. All right. Ooh, we've been talking about the shitty Beatles for weeks. Now here's the real real Beatles. Yeah. Um. Yeah, two two Beatles albums. Yeah, here we go, back to back. First one, Rubber Soul. The Beatles were an English rock band formed in 1960, are regarded as the most influential band of all time. They were pioneers in recording, songwriting, and artistic presentation, and they revolutionized many aspects of the music industry. Mm-hmm. Double Soul. Double Soul. Double Soul. Rubber Soul was their sixth studio album, 
released in 1965. Hold on a sec. Sixth? I thought I said it was the 11th. So it must be six studio. You said studio, so maybe eleven releases before this, but including compilations and shit. No, it doesn't, Ab- it doesn't matter because Abbey Road is the eleventh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was on. I, I was looking at my wrong notes. You're right. My bad. That's ignore, okay. ignore everything. Um, you said sixth. Sixth studio album. Yeah. Okay. Released in 1965, the album had a highly favorable critical response, and topped the sales charts in both Britain and the U.S. for several weeks. Uh, it was ranked number five mm-hmm. on the 2012 list from Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time, which ain't too shabby. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was certified six times platinum in 1997, which means six million copies in the U.S., and platinum in the U.K., which means 300,000. I'm sure they've sold a lot more of that. Um, having just completed a tour in the U.S. where they set a record for attendance at one of their concerts at Shea Stadium, Hmm. 55,000 people. The songs reflect their influence of their month in America. Yeah. Uh, Their new songs drew inspiration from soul music, particularly songs they heard on the radio during their travels. Well, yeah, it would be a big difference in what's being played, for sure. Well, and just being exposed to the American culture Culture, uh, would be a big influence as well, you would think. Uh, producer of this is George Martin, who is the, <laughs> Never fifth, heard of him. the fifth Beatle. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into yeah, too much no, detail. Yeah. He did all their shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, track listing. I've Just Seen a Face, mm-hmm. Norwegian Wood, You Won't See Me, Think for Yourself, The Word, and Michelle. Side two is Only Love, Girl, I'm Looking Through You, In My Life, Wait and run for your life. The playtime is 34 minutes and 55 seconds. And for context, uh, the before album was Help. Yep. And the after album was Yesterday and Today in North America. Which was But it was Revolver everywhere else. Revolver, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the Yesterday and Today must have been just like a compilation. Yeah, I didn't. I I forgot to look to see what it actually was. Also, sixty five, and then this is what their sixth. You said their sixth album. Yeah. Christ. Just. Well, then they just just plopping them out. They formed in sixty. Yeah. More than one year. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, what do you what are you thinking about it? I love this album. It's hits start to finish. You know, every if if you don't sing the songs to every one of the or the words to every one of these songs, there's something wrong with you. Well, <laughs> uh, there might be something wrong with me because I don't know necessarily all the words, but I know all like the, I don't know the, every lyric, but I know the songs for sure. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, even if I don't even care for some of the ones that aren't like the singles or whatever off of here, everything here. There are no even, singles on this album. Oh, there is none. Nope. Really, Norwegian. No, nope. in fact, that's one of the. Um, that's fucking surprising. They don't mark it as a single, but they obviously got record play or airplay. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, so that's what I mean to me, like, and that's why we go we go from ACDC right to the Beatles, and the first things he fucking said was, "Holy shit, this is so much better <laughs> musically oh, and sound wise." Yeah, like, yeah. and this is a mono recording, and yeah. it, it destroyed that. And it's from '65, so it's more than ten years older than the ACDC album. And it, it definitely sounded better, even though it was mono and still worn the fuck out. Yeah. Um, 
That was one of the things right away. And just from a, a musician standpoint and songwriting and structure and everything, it was just like so fucking superior. Well, like I said, I love the guitars, the guitar face melting shit. When you come to this, this is like a proper meal, a full range meal, a little bit of everything. Well, and by the time they got to this album, their lyrics have matured so much. Yes, yeah, so they're starting to get out of that they kind of... They weren't so simple, poppy... Poppy bubblegum bullshit. Yeah. They're starting to get out of that for sure. And I... and. It's funny because a little bit on Rubber Soul, but I, and we get to Abbey Road, and to me, Abbey Road is more of them just like totally getting away, totally away from that shit. Yeah. But which, because I'm definitely not necessarily a fan of that super uh, help and stuff's okay, but it's it's time to move on. And yeah. just the the amount of change that these guys fucking created in rock and music industry is just, yeah, uh, goddamn. Well, and even as as a band and individually. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like it's just a game changer. Them, yeah. And uh, I'm with you. Like every song. You know it, and oh yeah, you do, you do, and there's parts you can sing along to, and um, yeah, it's it's a really good album. Yeah, <laughs> it's everybody wanted to sound, sound like these guys, and everybody wanted to create music like these guys, and at 65, you can almost see from some of the records like this, you can almost see the uh, the use of their styles and going out in the 70s rock and prog rock, and all oh, of these these guys aren't progressive yet. It's, you know, there's a lot of, man, there's a lot of beginnings in these albums. For and all. you still see their influence today. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, after all these years. Yeah. And, well, I mean, McCartney's still out there doing his thing, so. Yeah, true. I guess Ringo is to some degree as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to go through my notes here real quick, because there is, so, kind of, kind of, yeah. Sorry, just taking a look at my notes to see if I got stuff that isn't related to cover. Now, I am also it's related to the cover, so I'll stick with that. So is it me now? Sure. The Beatles, Rubber Soul, Capitol Records, uh, catalog number T2442. This is an original pressing, and not only is it original pressing, it's the very first mo Canadian mono pressing. So, which is why uh, I wish it was in better condition, because it was probably, well, as we'll find out later, this one might be worth a little bit of money. Maybe not as much as the other one, but... No. No, it's not? Okay. It's worth forty nine ninety nine. Oh, okay. In good condition. And this is not in good condition. So condition, uh, cover's poor. It's broken, it's ripped, it's faded, it's 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 you know what? It's been used and well well used and liked and loved over the years and been to so many fucking parties and oh yeah. And even me as as a younger person listened to this shit. It probably even smoked marijuana. Oh, I'm sure that Album has smoke the marijuanas for sure, 100%. So the sleeve, there's plain paper. The vinyl's in poor condition. It's mono. It's worn the fuck out. It's well used. It sounds not great. It still sounded better. Like we just said, it still sounded better than the ACDC, but it overall was poor sounding. In a different decade. In a different in a different decade, which is why when we go and re review these again, we'll listen to it through Spotify so we can, you know, not besides not destroying my needle or our needle, is we get to hear the proper version of it so and the audio was poor there's pops and hisses and i actually have mono down as a as a negative because I thought, what the fuck do i want us to know music and mono for well i have a treat coming up for you in the next album then oh i know uh art direction and photography by robert freeman and the font is created by charles front uh robert an english photog and graphics designer best known for his work with the beatles uh, got his break with the British paper, the Sunday Times. I didn't write down. Oh, um, he doesn't really, other than the Beatles, it's all stuff like Yoko's solo, solo shit or Lennon's solo shit. It's not, 
he really hasn't done anybody else other than offshoots of the Beatles projects. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and Charles, a British illustrator best known for creating the lettering on the album. Uh, he has no, no Discogs entry, and he has written some kids' books and illustrated kids' books, but he's credited with creating that Rubber Soul font, which has which became like the essentially the badge or the the icon or the font like the font for the psychedelic age the the whole flower power thing that's right there that's the beginning of it right there if you guys wondering where this shit came from the beatles the beatles did it first the beatles are the simpsons you know the beatles did it yeah. um so yeah, so okay, so in, in, in so the title of the album, we'll go with the, where the title of the album came from. In 1966 press conference, Ringo Starr stated, they called the album Rubber Soul to acknowledge that in comparison to America's soul artist, uh, he, he said that we are white and haven't got what they've got. Uh, and he added that this was true of all the British acts who attempted soul music. So we're talking like, you know, soul black America and stuff like that. And he's like a bunch Motown. Of, Motown, yeah, 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 yeah. And you have all these yeah. fucking skinny-ass white guys from the UK coming and taking up all the music. Uh, McCartney had added that it was, a, uh, it, was, it was at least a little bit of a dig at Mick Jagger after hearing an American musician call Jagger's singing style as Plastic Soul. So they just, they shifted around Rubber Soul Plastic because they felt like it, they couldn't just call it soul music because it's, <laughs> that would be wrong. Uh, it's the first album not to have the band name on the front. The photo was taken at in the, at Robert's house or in his yard. Uh, it's just them standing kind of like over the camera a little bit. And actually the stretch effect was purely by accident. Uh, Robert had set up his projector to show to, to show the band some different, you know, some different ideas that he had. And uh, the one image that he put up there, the photo, had actually shifted or fallen fallen down a little bit to create this elongated or stretched out image. Yeah. The second the band said, they said, that's the one. That's yeah, it. yeah. You're, you're done. You got it. Yeah. It's fucking rubber sole. Let's go. Yeah, because that stretching kind of, like, kind of hints at the rubber. Yeah, yeah. Like, if the, the band decided, they yeah. didn't even look at the, uh, was a, I think in Wikipedia they are talking about the band didn't even look at the rest of the shit. They are like, no, that's it. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just know. You just know, yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, the lettering created by Charles that we just talked about, he said his inspiration was, uh, if you tap into a rubber tree, you kind of sort of get this globule that comes out, and it's just like, that's what he was thinking, just that kind of, like, stretched out and rubbery kind of, and they, ah, there you go. Looks like a pair of earth shoes I owned once. Well, if you go, it's funny that you say that, because that is actually one of the things that they talked about at the beginning it was a combination because there, there was a few things and it talked about how the or British shoes, those earth, earth shoe kind of things back in the day were yeah. also visually part of that reference. That was clearly a very specific reference. Oh, no, that's exactly it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they really did a good job. Yeah, oh, yeah. They made was... that because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I didn't read that in my research. And I, and I didn't write all of it down because there was just so much. To... And that's the other thing, like so Hello Rabbit Hole. Man. Holy shit. Each uh, album has its breakdown of what each song means, and yes, if you, get you could a, be there for days. If you guys got a chance, if you're listening to this podcast, or how about this? Go listen to the album, and once you're done here, go listen to the album over Wikipedia. Go look and yep. the different songs. Follow along with the songs. Breaks down everything, and so uh, that's it for me. Like Norwegian Wood always makes me laugh because I think of wood, <laughs> and it turns out that it was written because John Lennon was having an affair. 
and he didn't want his wife to know. Mm. And so that's, it really has this sexual connotation to it, which I always have thought it has, but yeah, that's, it explained that yep. in the Wikipedia information. So, okay. uh, Discogs, five for sale from $25, 265 have it, 408 want it, 4.5 out of five with 22 votes. Uh, resale value $7.98, $11.97, and as I mentioned before, $49.99 for mint condition. Mint condition, which yeah. this is not. No, no, not at all. <laughs> this probably hasn't been in mint condition for 30 years. Yeah. It's probably been like this forever. Um, so what do you give it? I get five out of five. Yeah, of course. For me, it's a must own, must listen. Yeah, same, for sure. Part of the collection, part of music and rock history. This is starting point of a lot of other genres and styles and okay Be that beetles down abbey road abbey road is the beatles 11th studio album released in 1969 the band was growing restless to the point that george harrison said he felt as though they were reaching the end of the line but they for the most part look favorably back on the experience recording this album despite the fact that lennon and mccartney had a acrimonious in quotation argument uh, halfway through recording over the fact that john lennon moved a bed into the recording studio because he and yoko ono had been in a car accident and the doctor had ordered her to have bed rest <laughs> so he brought the bed in because he wanted her to be there to observe the recording process uh. And then the other thing was Lennon wanted all of his songs on one side of the album and McCartney's on the other side. So um, it caused a little bit of friction. And in yeah, the end, stupid. George Martin, the producer, yeah, just said like, no. No. <laughs> no. Now, no, that's stupid. When I go and look to see who wrote the songs, it just says written by Lennon and McCartney unless otherwise stated. And there was a George Harrison song on there and another one. So. Hmm. Uh, interesting that the album was recorded on 8-track reel-to-reel rather than the 4-track machines used in previous albums. And it was the first Beatle album not to be issued in mono. Yeah, okay, wow. So there was still... So there <laughs> it took till 11 albums before they started just doing it all on fucking stereo. That's bonkers to yeah, me. Yeah, 1969. Wow, and then 11 albums, so they're putting out more than an album a year. Yeah. <clears throat> That's, um... Wow, and we're still not out of the 60s. Uh, it went to number four in the UK charts, number seven in or in number seven in the US, mm -hmm. that must be US. I wouldn't have written it twice. Uh, twelve times platinum in the US, twelve million, three times platinum in the UK, which as they say is nine hundred thousand. Um, so in the end thirty one million copies sold as of worldwide as of twenty eleven. Uh, it's one of the group's best selling albums. Oh yeah. And in October of, of 2019, <clears throat> Abbey Road re-entered the charts in the UK, hitting number one again. <laughs> yeah, because it's a fucking, like, one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. And everybody's got it. Did you ever own this one? I don't believe I ever owned a Beatles album. Wow, that's, that's wild. It's just whatever I heard on the radio. Wow. Um, and for me, I don't know whether I, this is the point to say it, but for me, um, Rubber Soul was a much better album. Ah, hilarious. I think the opposite. Yeah. I I think this album is just, like, far beyond. They've left, left Rubber Soul in the dust. Yeah. Uh, musically, creatively, 
uh, Rubber Soul was like the last dying bit of mm-hmm. bubblegum pop. Where uh, where this one you're getting into heavier stuff like she's so. Um, uh, she's so heavy. Yeah, some of the name of the song is. Yeah, I haven't got to the track listing yet, but. Um... Oh, I want you. Well, it's just. Yeah. Okay, but okay. Anyways, it's funny. I'm in the opposite as you in that I think this is a better, an entirely better album. Well, then the funny part is, is that John Lennon thought the same. He hated Abbey Road. He said that Paul McCartney's songs were uh, songs for old ladies to dig, <laughs> and he just uh, so you know it's it's very obvious well, at the end of this album that they're on their way out. Yeah, and I agree. But at the same time, though, McCartney never really. I don't know why. He, John would be so mad at that because McCartney's always been McCartney. Even Wings and shit, it's always kind of been the poppy British. Oh, totally, and I agree. And they've written some of the most prolific songs in. <laughs> so music. it's so weird that it's just like ragged on him for writing. Like, but I think these... it was. I think it was uh, just sour beans because of all of the fucking Yoko. All yeah, Yoko Ono had started to put this wedge between God them. I mean, it. could you imagine? Trying Having to record some, an album and have her laying around in bed. Nosy asshole lady poking around in your business. Yeah, somebody who's <laughs> riding your coattails. Who's on the process of plying Fuck. or prying uh, one of your key members away from you. Yeah, just fucking warping own. everything. Yeah. yeah. So track listing on this: "Come Together," something that was the only single that was released from this album. Wow. Uh, Maxwell Silver Hammer, "Oh Darling," Octopus's Garden, "I Want You," uh, she's so heavy. Uh, Here Comes the Sun on side two, Because, You Never Gave Me Your Money, Sun King, Mean Mr. Mustard, is it polyethylene? Yeah, polyethylene. It just didn't look like it was spelled that way. Uh, She came in, polythene, Pam? Polythene, Pam, yeah, sorry. Okay. She came in through the bathroom window, Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, and The End. The runtime on this album is 47 minutes and three seconds. Mm Mm-hmm. For context, the before album was Yellow Submarine in 1969. Um, in North America, it was Hey Jude, and other places it was Let It Be. Yeah, uh, well, we recovered. We covered Hey Jude, I'm pretty sure. And that's funny. And that was before this was Yellow Submarine. Man, I wish I think we've also reviewed. No, we was Sergeant Pepper's. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Even out of those two, I'd still prefer this album. Oh, yeah. Out of those two, yeah. I, I have everything you just mentioned there. I, this album for sure. Yeah, I don't Fuck know. Yellow Submarine. Yeah. Um, there was another one of their albums in the vein of. It's in here. We'll be doing it eventually. Don't worry about it. I wasn't. We, yeah, you're deeply concerned. We got it covered though. We do. I'm just taking All a look right. here at uh, everything is going to mostly related to the cover again because there's just so much of it. There's a lot of songs on this album that I like. I think it's just I think overall everything about this album it's like I said it's better in song structure she's so heavy it's just like the beginning of our uh, one of our favorite genres of music there's so much progginess in there and heavy repetition we were just talking about how you hated the repetitious uh, repetitiousness of, of ACDC but that uh, you know but that song is I want you it's just like oh that's all it is yeah it's just yeah. like but it's fucking amazing. <laughs> exactly. And something, apparently Frank Sinatra referred to it as the most romantic song ever written. <laughs> Which was, Lennon wrote it about Yoko. It was, 100%, <gasps> it was 100% about Yoko. And John wrote it, he wanted it to be as ambiguous as possible. So, no, it was just like, a, just a generalized song, but that's who he was writing specifically about. Ambiguous, yeah. Yeah, we knew who it was about. Mm, I didn't know that until I looked it up. 
Because it, who is it singing? It's it's McCartney, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, since I have nothing that has to do with uh, outside outside the cover, I'll just uh, get cracking on Abbey Road, uh, the Beatles, uh, Apple Records catalog, S O dash three eight three. Wow, those catalog numbers are about the same, weren't they? No, not even close. Okay. <laughs> I've seen there's quite a few of the Beatles. I think it's the Beatles. Someone else has got the SO. Uh, so, anyways, Canada 69. This is an original pressing variation to uh, condition. The cover, it's I have porish, and it's only because it's just really heavily faded. And the corners are kind of smashed up, but it's not ripped or anything. So no, it's just it looks. Just is it worn or is that just the way the cover is on the back? Oh, it's worn. It's worn. Yeah. Like condom ring. Yeah, condom Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's worn. Uh, the vinyl, uh, worn, it's the same as that, is worn and old and scuffed and scratched. Uh, and the audio, I said, well, it's nice to have a stereo mix. Uh, so the audio suffered from age, and, and I said it still sounded better than ACDC. Uh, art direction, uh, good friend of the show, John Kosh, and uh, photo by Ian McMillan. Uh, Kosh, been on the show before with the Who, ELO, Marshall Tucker Band, has over 380 credits to his name, Lennon, Yoko, the Rolling Stones, Donovan... Uh, Ian, a Scottish photographer, known for taking this photo on the front cover of this album, which has got to be one of the most fucking iconic photos ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he actually ended up meeting the Beatles through Yoko. Uh-huh. Um, and once again, for this Ian guy, the Beatles also, uh, Yoko, Lennon, make up the majority of his discography. It's just mostly just variations of these guys. So, uh, Kosh refused to put the band name and the album title on the front cover. Uh, he says, we don't need to put the band's name on the front cover. They're the most famous band in the world. Why the fuck do we need to do that? So, yeah. they so it's the only album to have not only not no band name, but no title. It's just the image, which is oh, fucking iconic. So Abbey Road must just be on the side. On the, oh, on it's the, on the back? On the and on the half. spine? It is on the spine, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. But no, just, just, just on the front cover. Yeah. So that was the first time and only time that happened. And it was like, which bled into uh, its lore even more. Because um, if you guys don't know about this one, because apparently people back in the 60s and 70s were, because nobody falls for stupid conspiracy theories now. So we're going to, you know, back then they fell for one again. So we had Platu last week or whatever week it was. Now we have this one, Abbey Road. Everybody thinks Paul's dead. Why? <laughs> It's fucking dumb. But here's what kind of the idea was because, um, and I'm kind of doing this this whole thing in reverse. So the, the cover depicted the Beatles, the rumor was that the cover depicted the Beatles walking out of a cemetery in a funeral possession, possession, possession procession, uh, Lennon in white, kind of looking like his Jesus look, uh, star in all black like an undertaker, and, Harris, and Harrison in all denim as the gravedigger. And Paul is shoeless, uh, he's got a smoke in his wrong hand. He's left-handed, but he's holding the smoke in his right, and his eyes are closed. Um, and the car in the uh, the car license plate in the background uh, had the 28 IF. Um, people thought it meant that if you lived to 28 years old, it was like a and it's all fucking wrong and stupid. But it, I remember it. I remember it. <laughs> it was a huge thing, and especially in the U.S., it was fucking massive. North, I, North America. I think there was some talk, too, about if you played the tracks backwards, mm-hmm. you got the message, there Paul was some, is dead. Yeah, yeah, there was some Like, stupid... there was just this whole... <laughs> and for the longest time, it was like, it's... oh, my God, is he really yeah. dead? 
it sold a ton of albums that doing all that. All that nonsense sold so many albums. Just well, for a photo that they What did I say? Thirty one million copies worldwide? Yes. So and actually the front cover was just based on sketches that Paul had done. He had a general idea of how he, what he wanted. As he was laying in bed dying. Dying, yeah. So Ian took six photos uh, while standing on a stepladder in the middle of the road. Uh, and there was a cop behind him that stopped traffic. They had ten minutes to do the six shots. So they just walked through, snap, walked through, snap. And, th- and that was it. And McCartney actually picked the photo on the spot um, out of out of what they what they wanted. So They know what they want, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he definitely knows what they want. Well, they're creative assholes. Not assholes. Uh... <laughs> They're, yeah. cre- they're a creative bunch. They I are. I should have called them assholes. I'm, I uh, apologize, Beatles. The cover is one of the most famous and imitated in music history. I mean, everybody's got a cover or... Yeah, it's just one of those ones. It's amazing to me that... Uh, yeah, so anyways, rumors, Bruce and sales. Uh, I'm done. That's it. Like, It's funny that both of our conspiracy theories and back-to-back episodes are both about the Beatles. Beatles, yeah. In a roundabout. In a round, well, around kind of around the Beatles and Paul dying yeah. and like are they coming back or yeah it's weird yeah Beatles that just goes to, show, goes to show you the influence the Beatles have in music history oh definitely um so Discogs 12 for sale from $10.44 mm-hmm. 310 people have it 535 want it it gets 4.57 out of 5 with 35 votes resale value $4.85 1995 and $133. Oh my god, I know. If only it hadn't have spent so much time in the crawl space. Oh shit, well, just getting played. Although I don't know whether I would sell it. Yeah. I mean, that would be up to you, but. Well, no, it's just like a, when it gets to that point where it's that much money, it's like, oh shit, do I want to sell Because obviously it's it's a precious commodity. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave it a five. I mean, the fuck. I get four. I know, which is weird because this is a superior album to Rubber Soul, but uh, in like so many ways, and even a technical, even in a technical fashion, it's a superior album. But uh, yeah, five out of five, you can't go wrong. I think it's a must own, a must listen. Must own, must listen. Okay, yeah. I'll this write is that a down. music history, folks. You want to know where your the favorite artist you got, the favorite artist you listen to now, where they got they stole from the Beatles, or oh. or black musicians. Yeah. <laughs> Because of where the Beatles got it from? Black, black musicians. Black blues, blues musicians. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So my favorite album of this episode, mm-hmm. of course, is Rubber Soul. And mine would be Abbey Road. Well, good. A little discord in this episode. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome when you're wrong and worse than Hitler. <laughs> Anyways, goodbye. <laughs> Uh, Twitter, RFTCS1 Reviews from the Crawl Space As one word on Instagram Back catalog is there We post pictures there Anything you want to add? Yes, for the love of Jeebus Will somebody please leave us some comments Tell us what you think of the podcast Is there anything you'd like us to tell you? Um, Or what we could do different Or or what we could do different Don't like or like, whatever There you go Alright then, bye See you later (laughs) 